At the same time, my husband and I, both working in the tech industry, started talking about how we'd like to introduce our child into the world of computers. And one day, late at night, uh, together with the baby in the living room, we came up with the idea for Therus Anona. Welcome to Kids Lab, a podcast for parents, educators, and everybody interested in STEAM education. In this episode, I'm talking to Miriam Torcino about her children's book series Zeros and Ona, in which she explores the world of computers. So as Miriam writes on her website, she's a mom, software developer and programming teacher dedicated to making computers more approachable, friendly and easy to understand to get children, and also parents, all excited about technology. Miriam originally studied architecture, but once she met her husband, a video game programmer, her life changed. Infected by the wonderful and creative side of technology and geeky discussions with her husband, she taught herself to program. Ever since, she's been working as a software developer, educator, writer, artist, and now also as a mom. She doesn't want her and other kids to miss the creative and colorful side of technology, and therefore created the picture book series Zeros and Ona. They are the two main characters in the series, a zero and a one, who live inside computers in the so-called binary world. Her first book, with the title Zeros Gets a Virus, is discussing computer security and computer viruses. Just like humans are affected by viruses, computers can be affected too. It's a beautifully illustrated book in which Zeros is getting infected, Ona takes him on a trip and they'll be looking for a way to cure him. There are currently two more books scheduled for release in 2020 and we'll definitely explore these in the interview. As always, please visit our companion blog at kidslab.dev to find out more about Zeros and Ona. As always, all links mentioned will be part of the show notes, and you'll also find some written background information and also some pictures there. So hi Miriam, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for taking the time. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me, Sven. This is exciting. Yeah, you're very welcome. So Miriam, before we dive into your book series, can you tell us how you personally developed into a tech-loving mom that wants to pass on this passion? Yeah, well, you know, I can get it all the way back when I was a young kid because I wasn't always this passionate about computers, you know. I was a very creative child and I liked art and writing, but I was also very good at math and science at the same time. So finally, I studied architecture, which seemed to be a good fit, having a creative side in it, but also this other technical aspect, right? So um, at first, I really liked it, being an architect. And I worked in several countries around Europe for six, seven years. And uh, now, when I remember those times, well, it was all very exciting, right? Because we were winning competitions and we were working on some really beautiful projects. But at some point, uh, I wasn't feeling happy. And uh, that was because I was working too much, long hours, I was working overnight and for weekends. And I just didn't see myself doing that during my whole life. So it was around that same time that I met my boyfriend, now husband, who is a programmer. And uh, he, he totally loves his, his work. 
<laughs> so uh, after some months living together and seeing from the inside what being a programmer looks like, I decided to quit my job as an architect and give it a try. And uh, I remember my boss from the time uh, asking me like, okay, so Miriam, why are you leaving, right? Like, do you need more money? <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, look, this is not about money. I just, there's something in me that needs to believe that there is a way to do creative work without burning yourself out during the process, which was what's happening, right? So I stayed home and learned to code with online courses like Code School and Treehouse, which for me were awesome, great. And uh, I was just building some little web apps on my own. Six months in, I applied for a job and I started working as a software developer and I didn't see that coming. And to tell you a little bit more about that, uh, well, it was like this, right? Like six months in, learning how to code. And then I was like, okay, so maybe I could try to to send a couple of CVs, right? And then my husband was actually the one like, send it, send it, send it. <laughs> I was like, no one is going to hire me, you know? Like, And then first, first CV I sent out, first job I got. And it turned out very nicely. And I tell this to people now that ask me, like, how do I start? How do I switch careers? And I said, look, you don't know what's going to happen. And that interview, Sven, was actually all about how I taught myself how to code. So yeah, you just, not, you just need to, treat, to try things. You just need to try things. So I started working as a software developer in a digital agency. In, actually, it was in Frankfurt in Germany, in Germany. Some years later, I also became a programming teacher and I taught hundreds of students how to switch careers too. And uh, it was three years ago. I was uh, still teaching and I got pregnant and I had my baby. And uh, after three months of maternity leave, I tried to go back to work and I couldn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) I understand that, yeah. Oh, why? Anyway, so having a baby for us turned out to be a huge challenge. And I think it is because... We were expats living in in Amsterdam with no family around. And we were constantly sleep deprived because the baby didn't sleep. And then I was supposed to go back to this job, which was teaching people for eight hours straight how to code people with an emotional story because maybe they left their work because they wanted to switch careers. So like there was a lot of tension and pressure in the classroom sometimes. Suddenly, without too much planning, I saw myself at home 24-7, taking care of a baby and having a lot of time to be in my head for the first time in my life. (laughs) So it was then that I started doing some journaling. After a while, I discovered that in doing writing about it, that as much as I loved programming and coding, a part of of me was actually missing that creative side of architecture. So I missed especially the sketching, the drawing, the quick thinking, right? The, 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 this quick generation of ideas. At the same time, my husband and I, both working in the tech industry, started talking about how we'd like to introduce our child into the world of computers. And one day, late at night, 
together with the baby in the living room, we came up with the idea for Therus Anona. And uh, we were already reading him a lot of books since he was very little. And we thought that it would be really cool if we could read him stories happening inside a computer. And this idea of being told by a zero and a one sounded very, very cute and <laughs> very fun. And uh, that's how it all started. So I got to it. I journal a lot about the stories, the characters, this world around them. And finally, I started this 100-day project, doing one sketch per day. So normally what I do was taking the baby out for a walk. And as soon as he'd fall asleep, I'd enter the cafe around the corner, open the notebook, and roll. So I didn't manage to do 100, but I did 64. And uh, my husband normally says, like, oh, 64, what a coincidence, right? <laughs> <laughs> a beautiful number, right? Yeah, for tech. beautiful number. Maybe it was destiny. And uh, I think that's when the project turned from being just uh, a hobby and then it yeah. became this something more real and serious. Like, okay, this can be a book series. Very cool. And that's how it got born, this book series. So you initially got infected by your husband then, right? This is a beautiful story. Yes, yes. Like, really, like, it was something. Yeah, it was like that. It was like that. I thought, like, okay, he's having so much fun with this, right? So uh, mm -hmm. there must be something in it that I didn't see when I was a child, right? Because actually, uh, all the way back, my dad always wanted me to go into computer science. And uh, it's like he knew, right? And then suddenly I met, I met my boyfriend and then he said like, okay, so what do you do? And he was like, I'm a programmer. And I said like, this cannot be, right? <laughs> like, hello, dad. <laughs> cool, cool. So, but this time actually uh, about the books, you know, like w when I said, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to set myself a goal and I'm going to publish a book, you know, like when you set yourself up for it. I promised myself that I was not going to go back to what I knew from my architecture days, but I was only going to work when the baby sleeps early in the morning or during nap times. And the rest of the time was resting or, um, or being with the family. And that's what I did yeah. for two years until the first title in the series was published last November Yeah, so I, I really think this is a beautiful story. Thank you so much for sharing this. Well, there is a special reason, right, Sven, for me to uh, to tell this story. And uh, I think people listening uh, would like to hear it. And it is because if you, you could very much say that Therus and Ona brings together what I've been learning about during the last 20 years of my life, right, which is the, the architecture and the programming and the teaching, right? And I just love that, right? But here's the thing. So if you'd ask me which of those three things gave me the biggest confidence to move forward with it, I'd mm -hmm. say it was my ability to code. Mm -hmm. 100%, I think. And I didn't see that coming, right? Because somehow, I think knowing that I was going to be able to build my own website, setting up the shop, the domain hosting, the email hosting, customizing, customizing liquid templates <laughs> to gather yeah. a specific data from these products and making them look the way I wanted and anything that's to come, knowing that you can take care of all that by yourself when you have an idea in your head, that's such a boost, 
right? It must be very empowering for you. Exactly, exactly. And I just think it gave me the mind space that I needed to be able to focus on the drawing, the colors, the stories, right? Yeah. And, uh, and that's why I normally say that I believe that because of that, it is so important now more than ever even to come up with fresh and exciting and new ways to introduce the world of computers to our kids because to reach as many of them as we can. Because I, I really believe, like it's what you said, you know, empowering. It's like understanding computers is a superpower. <laughs> and we need to be able to communicate that to them. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So Miriam, your first book is called um, Zeros and Owner, Zeros Gets or Zeros Gets a Virus. Mm -hmm. Spanish, right? So <laughs> Spanish pronunciation. Um, so it's about a surprisingly current topic, right? Viruses. But of course... We're talking not about um, human viruses, but we're talking about computer viruses here. But I still think it's actually a great way to to introduce topic virus in all its variations to, to kids, actually. So can you give us a quick summary of that story? Yes, Therus Gets a Virus is the first title in the book series. And the idea came actually from a friend, because eventually I asked some people, so what is it about computers that you would like to You could you would have liked to know more of when you were little, and surprisingly, a couple of people mentioned viruses, viruses, <laughs> and I was like, okay, this this might be a thing. <laughs> so in this adventure, Therus is infected by a virus, and Ona takes him on a trip. They'll visit the emails, the search engine, all looking for a way to cure Therus and to understand what's going on in their computer. Very cool. So do you think you could maybe read a page or so out of this book so we can kind of get, or the listeners can get some quick impression? Yeah, sure. That would be amazing, I think. One day, Ferus and Ona and friends were painting cats. Click, click, click went the mouse. Paint, paint, paint went Ferus and Ona and friends. They painted and painted and painted. And as they painted, they all sang a little song to themselves. Isn't it wonderful, a screen full of pixels? This pixel is blue, that pixel is red, yellow, brown, pink. Where will it end? Clack, clack, clock, clock, clock. Oh, help, said Therus. All his brushes were turning black. What's the matter? asked Ona. I'm not feeling very well, said Therus anxiously. My RGVs are gone, so is my sense of color, and my head is spinning. Come down and let's get out of here, said Ona urgently. Something tells me that you've got a virus and you never can tell what a virus will do next. I love it, really. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. And I'm, I'm holding it in my hand right now. And I must say that it's also really beautifully illustrated. Um, so that's uh, really another congratulations. Also, when it comes to illustrations, it's, it's beautiful to look at. So the kids will definitely have um, fun looking at that too. Thank you. Um, can you talk a little bit about the, the process of creating the book and also illustrating it? I mean, you mentioned already that you kind of did it um, step by step each day, right? Mm -hmm, yes. I'd like to hear more a bit about that. You know, for me, everything comes pretty much at the same time since I'm doing the story and also the illustrations. So that might be different from other authors. Because for me, there's not a clear linear structure. And especially in the beginning. In the beginning, it's everything, it, everything is very chaotic. And you think that you are never going to go anywhere. 
So you'd see me journaling about the story and then suddenly I need to start sketching next to it and I go back to the journaling and all this happens very quickly, like even without thinking too much about it. So I'm constantly going back and forth and with many ups and downs. (laughs) And at first this would drive me crazy, right? Now, Mm -hmm. most of the days I'm at ease with it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's just part of the process and it means actually that you're making progress and it's very cool as as i said also yeah uh, it, understanding the process how it works became a project in itself right like to, to, to get the hang of it so most of the times i don't work at home uh so actually i don't work at home very rarely but i work in cafes when when the baby sleeps so i do everything on the ipad and i can work anywhere and anytime And uh, for the listener, if you want to know more about this process and how it looks like, you can go to the YouTube channel of Ceru Sanona because last month I made a video where I share the whole making of the new book from the initial idea to the final illustrations. And you can check it out there. This is very cool. Yeah, I will definitely put these links into the show notes. And uh, what you just described, that process, by the way, also reminded me a lot of the software development process, which very often is is iterative. And then you you know you, you, you try something out, you experiment, you see if it works, you test it out. And sometimes you start from scratch and just redo it, for example, right? But then over, over time, basically, your program is taking shape, of course, or your website, for example. So that's very cool. Actually, the video, now that you say that, Sven, this video I mentioned, it is actually a conversation with a friend of mine who is a software developer. And, uh, and it is interesting for him to say, to see him saying at the end uh, that he, he's like, I got some ideas from this to implement in my, because as you said, you know, you need to also, I think how I see it compared to my job as a, as a programmer is that you, you just need to, you just need to get things on the page, right? To start with, you know, you just need to start writing comments when you don't really know how to solve a specific problem. And then you go back to that later when you're in another stage. So it's all these layers. It makes total sense. It's amazing how things are connected, actually. Yeah. So looking at your books, um, I think for 2020, there are two more books coming out. I think the first one is called Welcome to Our World. And the second is called A Visit to the Arithmetic and Logic Unit. Can you quickly outline what they're about? So the first one, Welcome to Our World, tells the story about how Therus and Ona met for the first time. And it is written, I think it's beautiful. (laughs) It's written in the form of, that's the one that I'm mostly working at the moment. It's written in the form of a poem and a song that kids could learn by heart later when they read it. So actually, I made the song and the choreography together with my kid. And uh, it's just really fun to, to hear singing about beats and bites. <laughs> so, uh, this week, I'm actually meeting with a musician because if everything goes as planned, we'll be doing some life coding music for it. And uh, as a way to show kids the things that you can do with code, as an example. The second one, a visit to the ALU, that's uh, to the arithmetic logic unit. That's my husband's favorite <laughs> because it all happens inside a video game. And uh, the original idea came from a back, uh, from the original Pac-Man game. So when a player would reach the level 255, the game would crash because of an integer overflow. 
And then Feroz and Ona would jump in in that historic moment <laughs> and try to solve it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering, do you have some other topics in mind when it comes to future book series? Um, so I'm just thinking out loud, artificial intelligence, for example, or... Well, artificial intelligence would be super cool. And, but, well, the thing is like, I need four, six months to, to do a book. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's a little bit, but I have one more in mind. So actually with artificial intelligence and so on, what I do in the site is like maybe some other resources, you know, like doesn't necessarily need to be a book, but maybe to touch some topics in another form, you know, which doesn't need six months maybe it comes but there's more there's one more picture book in the same style as Thetus gets a virus which is coming up next year as well and that's going to be about privacy and data because uh, a lot of people yeah asked uh, asked if i was going to do something about it i think that's a great topic because it's um the privacy topic is very often overlooked right and we just let our kids play with all kind of apps that are actually sending data all across the globe so it's uh, it's a great topic i think yeah Exactly. So maybe it's about how all this data is traveling, you know, and uh, something, something, there is, there is some sketch about it. There is some sketch about it, which maybe Ona gets in trouble, you know, and uh, yeah, then they discover. And also, I think it is important for parents to know, right? Sometimes it's like, how, how are we going to talk to our kids for the first time about data and privacy? We need to be the first ones, right? Parents, I think. Well, that's actually something you remind me of also talking about and noting about your books. I think there are, there's a parent guide, exactly. So I noted that in the, um, in the first book that I have in front of me now, um, that you have some parent guide in there that also explains all these topics to the parents, which I think is a great idea. Yeah. And we need to teach parents sometimes as well, right? Because yeah. to give them some framework, you know, to actually be able to, to talk with, with their kids and bring this topic to a yeah to to a vocabulary that a five six year old child can understand i think it's also maybe um you know giving some more information to the parents because the kids will have all kind of questions uh, based on some of the stories maybe and then you as a parent you might need to dig a little bit deeper so you can actually answer all these questions so that's a great idea with the glossary really yeah so I also noticed there are quite some free resources available on your website. Um, I noticed things like a computer-inspired crossword, for example. And that might also be really handy for a lot of us to keep the kids entertained. Um, can you tell us a couple of these things that you have on the website? Together with the books, there are some extension activities and on the website. There are crosswords, as you said. There are also cutouts for kids, for little ones maybe, with some zeros and ones so they can create their own book at home printable black and white illustrations ready to color and also their free short stories explaining for example the meaning of some of the words appearing in the books like what is a pixel or what is an ip address that kids might be asking their parents so maybe yeah it's a way to help parents also in there to to to, to deepen some of the of the concept and i'm slowly working on some more now Sounds cool. And I'll be happy to put all these links in the show notes so our listeners can click on them and try them out. So Miriam, I think you're normally at least, you're based in Amsterdam, Netherlands. And while your kids might be too young for going to school, I think um, you might still be aware of how the school system in the Netherlands actually works like and how they deal with science and technology at school. So my 
question for you, mainly being in the Netherlands, is, is would be basically how are STEAM education topics incorporated at school in the Netherlands? Well, you know, I can't really tell you much about the schools because we just started visiting some of them. And also uh, what I discovered in the Netherlands is that the education system It's built in a way in which there is a big difference or there can be a big difference in the curriculum depending on the school. So we are a little bit discovering this right now and trying to make a decision what to do about it and what actually, which form of education to choose. So I can really help you there. But there are other, other projects related to STEAM education. Uh, like, for example, what I could tell you is there's this one technology after school program that I really liked, and it's called New Tech Kids. And they focus on solving a specific problems and integrating technology as part of the solution, which I think it's a very interesting approach for kids to look at technology as just one more thing that they can use inside their, their toolkit. So I guess, Miriam, you'll be working on the two books for 2020. Um, but is there anything else that's coming up that you wanted to share with us for the listeners, maybe? So there's a YouTube channel when I normally upload short videos on different topics related to education, parenting and technology. And also there are some extension activities and videos to do with the kids, too. I'm also active on Twitter with the handlers at Miriam Tosino and at Terosanono. And if people listening want to hear when new things are coming out, there is a bi-weekly mailing list that you can subscribe to at terosanona.com slash newsletter. And also, if you're hearing this and you'd like to reach out, please go to terosanona.com, click on contact and send me an email because I'd really love to connect. So Miriam, thank you so much for this interview. Um, stay healthy. I wish you all the best for 2020. And we're, I'm really looking forward to these two new books coming out in the next time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me in the show. I hope you enjoyed the wonderful world of Zeros and Owner. It's a great way to introduce your kids to computers and technology that is surrounding us. If you again enjoyed this episode, now head over to kidslab.dev to check out the show notes with all the links of this episode. And of course, don't forget to subscribe now if you don't want to miss a future one. Next up, we'll be discussing how music and programming come together with Sonic Pi and its key developer, Sam Aron.